If you have a copy of God's word, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. We're looking at verses 11 through 14. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. We'll be speaking on the topic of the danger of spiritual immaturity. The danger of spiritual immaturity. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. And just for context, I'll read the the entire chapter 5 so we can kind of get a grasp of where we've gone already. Starting at verse 1, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. For every priest, for every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, you are my son today, I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, you are a high priest, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered and being made perfect. He became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. After about this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. This is God's holy word, God's word given to us to feed our souls so that we may grow in salvation. And that has been the focus of the author of Hebrews. He has His concern is the spiritual state of those to whom he is writing because of the excellence of Christ, because of the preeminence of Christ, because Christ is the is greater than the the prophets, because Christ is greater than the angels, because Christ is is better than Moses, because Christ is better than Aaron. He's better than all the high priests, because now in Christ. 
We have access to the throne of grace. We have access to, to come freely before God and, and, and to, to find mercy and grace in a time of help. Because of, of these realities, we need to take the Christian walk seriously. The author of Hebrews, he has been laying out the, the, the beauty of Christ. He has been, and, 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 and here in chapter five, we, we've seen that he's, he is talking about Christ in the sense that he is a, 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 our great high priest and that, that he is greater than Aaron. And we've been seeing that he's been laying it out and you would figure that he would go on and continue to talk about what he's been talking about. The high priesthood of Christ, uh, greater, uh, he's in the line of Melchizedek. You would figure the author would continue that discussion. But because something is troubling him about those to whom he's writing, he pauses. He is talking about Christ. He is lifting Christ up. He is, he is, he is, he is talking about the excellence of Christ in his person. And all of a sudden he stops. He doesn't pick up the discussion of, of Melchizedek until chapter seven. He he, stop, he stops here in chapter five and deals with an issue that is that is troubling his heart. There, there's spiritual immaturity in the church that they're they're spiritually immature to handle the the deep truths about Jesus Christ. So he stops. He stops to get their attention. And, and beloved. It would behoove us. This this warning is one of the most serious warnings that is given in all of Scripture to us as believers. I believe this is the most serious warning that that we can be given. Remember the the people of Israel and 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 the fact that they saw God's God's miracles and and they had Moses leading them and they had the promise of God concerning the the uh, land of Canaan and and they had all of this and yet they rejected God's word. And, and and the author is saying, in light of that, that these 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 believers are 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 starting to act just like these those those people in the wilderness, those who turned from God, those who who saw the the Red Sea open, they saw the great miracles that God had. They experienced it personally, and it didn't move them. And it, and it can be the same way. And the author is saying it is the same way with these believers. They, he's laying out Christ. He, they, they, they have been taught the gospel and yet they have not progressed. They have not made any progress. This should be a great concern, uh, to, 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 uh, not only the leaders in the church, but to every member of the congregation. Are we growing like we should? Are we growing uh, spiritually like we should? Can we say individually and as a church, can we say that we are in a different place spiritually than we were last year? We, we must examine ourselves. We must ask ourselves the hard question. We must ensure that we are not taking, that we are taking advantage of the blessings that we have in Jesus Christ. And so we'll see the danger of spiritual immaturity. We'll see three things. We'll see the fact that there's a, a spiritual laziness that comes with spiritual immaturity. There's a there's a spiritual infancy that comes with with spiritual immaturity. And there's a, a sense of spiritual inexperience that, that 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 comes with spiritual immaturity. Look with me at the word of God. Verse 11. We'll see here spiritual laziness. Notice that the author of Hebrews says about this, we have much to say about this. What is he talking about? Well, we'll look at verse 10. 
He says, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He's talking about Christ and his high priestly ministry. He has much more to say about Christ. He, he, has, he has more that he want to teach them about the priesthood of Christ. There, there's a lot of more that he want to teach them from the word of God. But notice what he says. He says, in this we have much to say and it is hard to explain. He has this, the, he has the, this, this teaching that is, that, that, is, that is concerning the deep truths about Christ and the, the, these, these teachings that will build their assurance, that will, that will build their, their courage in the faith. He has, he has more deep truths that he wants to teach them. And he says it is difficult for him to find the words with which he can explain these rich theological truths concerning Christ. And why is that? Is it because is it because of the word? It's, no, it's, it's because of them. They, they are in no place to hear what he has to say. They're, they're not in a, in a condition to understand the deep truths that he has to teach them. That they're not in. And if he taught them, they wouldn't respond in the way that they should. Why? What? Why is that? Is it because the word of God is too complex for them to understand? There are some deep things that 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 are taught in Scripture that that can, at face value, be difficult to understand if if you just look at them. But if you study them, you can understand it. The, 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 uh, the, even a child can understand the truths of scripture in, in, in Psalm in Psalm 19 verse 7 it says the law of the Lord is perfect reviving the soul the testimony of the Lord is sure listen to the, to the characteristic of God's word it, it says the testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple I don't know about you but I'm a simple man I'm simple. I grew up in the country. There, there's not there's there's not a lot that that I I learned in school. I really flunked in school a little bit. I'm, I'm ashamed to say that. But the word of God is able to make wise a person that is simple like me. Hallelujah. So so it's not that the word is. Is difficult. The testimony of Scripture is that it will, it can make you wise. In Psalm one nineteen, verse one thirty, it says, "The unfolding of your words gives light; it imparts understanding to the simple." There it is again, God's word will give understanding. It will give light. It will give wisdom to those who are simple. So, so the problem is not the word. It, it, we said it's hard to explain. The problem is not the word. It, it, it is the, the people to whom he's writing to. They, the, 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 they don't have the ability to receive what it is that he is teaching. It's not the preacher. It's not the word. It's, it's, it's the people. It's the people that he's writing to. And this concerns him. And, 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 and he's going to tell them point blank. What is the problem? Point, he's going to tell them point blank. This is the problem. I, I like this, 
this this preacher because this is he's setting an example of what all preachers are supposed to do. We're not to, to dance in the pulpit around difficult things. He's look, notice what he says. Since you have become dull of hearing. This word is used in uh, verse 12 of, of chapter six, where it says, so that you may not be sluggish. This is the same word that is translated dull in our passage. It is translated sluggish in chapter 6, verse 12. That So that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. This, this word dull, it, it means sluggish or, or lazy or, or slothful. He, and notice how he, he says you have become dull. Notice what he says of hearing. They got lazy ears. And, and, I, and, and NIV helps us to understand uh, what he's saying here uh, by the way that the, the writers have translated uh, it in the NIV version. Listen to the NIV. It says, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. I think that I think that gets I, I don't need to say anything else. I think that gets right to the heart. It is it is hard to, to make clear when 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 those who are sitting under the word do not want to understand. These 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 professing believers are they have become dull of hearing at, at some point, at some point of time, at some point in the past. These believers, these these professing believers, they had a zeal for God's word. Their minds was was once sharp and, and alert. And, and at one time they was excited about Jesus Christ. But now something has happened. They have be, they have become and they were still in a state of spiritual laziness, spiritual dullness. They were slow to understand. When they heard the truth, they they really didn't want to understand. And we understand that today. We see it all around us. We have people who come to church and they have they want their ears tickled. They go to church and it's not for Christ. They go to church not because God is sovereign. They go to church not because God's word is sufficient. They go to church for everything other than God and Christ. They go to church for everything other than that. Neglecting that which they need the most, the word of God. These believers, they become dull, dull of hearing. Listen to John Brown and, and his commentary, how uh, he writes about this. He says, quote, to be dull of hearing is a descriptive, is descriptive of that state of mind in which statements may be made without producing any adequate corresponding impression, without being attended to, without being understood, without being felt. In one, one word, he says, it is descriptive of mental listen, listlessness. To a person in this state, it is very difficult to explain anything. For nothing, however simple in itself, can be understood if if it is not attended to. He goes on. He says that when the gospel was first preached to them, 
It aroused their attention. It exercised their thoughts. But now with many of them, it had become a common thing. Can you you hear that? The gospel had become like to, to he's saying the gospel had become to them like something that is common. He, he says they flattered themselves that they knew all about it. It had become to them like a sound to which the ear has long been accustomed. The person is not conscious of it and pays no attention to it. So like hearing Enoch, you know, you got the airplanes flying all over the place and 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 you, you stay here long enough, you get used to it. Just like staying at Fort Seal, you 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 hear all the artillery firing and and things shaking and eventually you'll, you get used to it. They'll be shooting and you don't even pay it no mind. It's the, it, he's saying that it, that the, the the gospel has become like that to these to these to, to those who who he's writing to. The gospel can be preached and there and it does nothing to them. The, it causes no stir in them. And he goes on. He says, "I'm afraid that this is very common habit among hearers of the gospel in the present age. They have become accustomed." To hear the gospel from their infancy, their fancy, they know and understand it perfectly under this impression. If they continue to read the scriptures and hear the gospel, he says it is almost entirely without anything that can be called intellectual effort. They, they hear the gospel and, 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 and their response is, 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 is nothing that there is. They, they give no uh, uh, mind to what, what they're hearing. God doesn't want us to to be content to be like that, beloved. This this is why we have the warnings in Scripture. If 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 you are in a place where you are not stirred by the gospel, if you are in a place where you come to church on Sunday and you're listening not for the word to to as it is is given, but I'm listening for something that benefits me, beloved. You are. Your senses are dull. When, when it comes to the word of God, when, when it comes to God's word, no matter how difficult it is, if you are truly a believer, you're sitting there and you're, want, you're, you're looking, you're listening, you're probing, you're meditating, you're thinking about that word because of, of what it is. It's God's word. We need to give serious attention to God's word. We, we need to, to desire it. As Peter said in first Peter chapter two, verse two, he said, desire the sincere, like, like a, like a, he said, like a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word. And then he goes on. He's, he doesn't want those believers that he writing to to stay there in first Peter chapter two, verse two. He says in second Peter chapter three, verse 18, he says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Desire the sincere milk of the word. Desire the basic thing, the, the basic teachings of the word. He goes on in, 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 in the second letter. He says, but grow in grace. We're not to stay babes in Christ. Kind of get ahead of myself. But that's OK. But 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 don't be the, the, the warning here is don't be dull of hearing. Because if you are, you won't grow. 
You won't develop. You'll remain a spiritual infant. And that's what we'll talk about in verse 12. Look at verse 12. He says, for though by this time, uh, there's a long time has passed since these professing believers have professed the name of Christ, professed to have faith in Christ. There, there's a time that, that has that has passed. And, and 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 there's enough time that has passed that they should be grown up in Christ. Notice what he says. You ought to be teachers. For 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 though by this time you ought to be teachers. Now what he, he doesn't mean that everybody in the church ought to be uh, uh has the gift of teaching or or is able to operate in the office of a of a teacher. He's not saying, but what he is saying is that you that everyone who is in Christ should be a teacher in an informal sense that that when as as you sit under the preaching and the teaching of the word of God, there's a point to where you ought to be able to pass along the basic teachings of Christianity to others. There ought to be a point to where we're able to sit down with someone who is a little bit uh, uh, less mature than us. We should be able to sit down with them and explain to them the word of God. The truths from the word of God. To, to, to help them, to help them persevere in the faith. We should be able to do that. We, we should, we should profit others by by in, instructing them in, 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 the, in the truths of, of, of Scripture. This, this, is a, this is to a congregation of believers. He says, you ought to be teachers. You ought to be passing along information. You ought to be in a position to do that. But we, here we, we are exposed to the consequence of lazy ears, of dull hearing. The consequence is this. If, 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 if there's dull hearing uh, people in a church, the work of the kingdom of God will be hindered. You won't evangelize. You won't encourage others when they need encouragement from the scriptures. You won't counsel others when they need counsel. You, when, when somebody is struggling to, to apply the word of God to their life, you won't do it if you're dull of hearing. And, and, and the, 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 the seriousness of, of this is that there are many opportunities, ministry opportunities that God gives each and every one of us. And we squander them. Because we, we don't take uh, things like this, passing along truth of Scripture seriously. We think it's only for the preacher. But, but this, this, is, this is a ministry that we're, we're all in as we learn and as we grow. Many of you uh, uh, have been sitting under the word of God taught in this church. Many of you listen to John MacArthur. Listen to you. Many of you listen to R.C. Sproul. Many of you listen to Steve Lawson. Many of you listen to League of Near Ministries. Many of you listen to Grace to You. You listen to all of this. You've been listening for years. Are you in a place that where you can pass that truth down to someone else? 
God doesn't give us the opportunities to hear his word, to hold on to that word. Because if you don't, let me tell you what happens. If you're not giving it away, you lose it. If you're not, if you're not listening to give it away, you lose it. And we're going to get here in this passage. He says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. It is true that that new Christians need the milk of the word. First Peter two and two. New Christians, new believers need the fundamental teachings of, of the scripture. They need the, the principles of, of the gospel. Uh, they, they, they need that in order to grow spiritually, to, to lay a, a solid foundation spiritually to grow. We, we need the basics of, of, of scripture. But the problem for these readers is that they, it's not that they didn't have enough time to mature and make progress in, in their understanding. No, notice he says, he says, he says, you ought to be teachers. You, but, but you need someone to teach you again the basic principles. So the implication is that they have received teaching. They've been taught. They've heard teaching from the teachings of Scripture. They, 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 they've been taught the, the Old Testament and, 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 and how it applies to Christ. They've been taught that. They've been taught the basic things about Christ. But here it is. They need someone to come to them again and teach them the same thing again. They're, they're still spiritually immature. They, they have regressed. They, they heard the teachings. They're in a place to where they should be teaching. But instead of making progress, they've regressed. They've gone backwards. <laughs> somebody else, they, some, somebody need to teach you again. They've, they've gone backwards. Ken Hughes said here, truth heard, but not internalized and maintained will be lost to the hearer. And Jesus said the same thing in Matthew chapter 13. Turn to Matthew chapter 13. I, and and, and, and I, I, I pray that if you've never read this passage, that you will put it on a note card, that you will highlight it, that you will memorize it. Matthew 13, because this is, this is from the lips of our Lord. Matthew 13, verse number 12. In fact, I go back to verse number 10. Matthew 12, verse 10. Then the disciples came to him. Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. For to one, for to the one who has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even that which he has will be taken away. This, I, this is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing, 
they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. This, for this people's heart has grown dull, and, their, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their, their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I will heal them. And he says, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, your ears, for they hear. Is that true of you? Do you understand that you are in a blessed state if you can hear the truths of Scripture and comprehend and, and be able to, to make sense of what God has said in his word? You're able to make sense and apply it to your life. I remember the day when God saved me, when the light was turned on. I was reading Romans. And I can remember, I understand. I grew up with a King James Bible, reading the Bible every day. Went to church every Sunday. I wasn't saved. But God turned on the lights and I understood. And my life has not been the same. And I pray it's the same for you. God has spoken. He has given us his truth and his word. And that should change your life. Anytime the word is being preached or taught, you should be there to hear it. Because it's God's word. It ain't my word. It's not Mark's word. It's God's word. He said they need to be taught again. They don't appreciate the word of God. He said you need milk. Back to our pastors. He said, you need milk, not solid food. The same issue that Paul had in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. He had with the Corinthians. He said they were they were they were spiritually infants. They were spiritually spiritual babes, and we know what was happening in church. All kind of problems was happening in church because they were spiritually immature. He says to these believers here, the writer says, you need milk, not solid food. Put this in your mind. A grown adult. A grown adult. Drinking a baby bottle. A grown adult. Drinking Similac. Putting with baby formula. We got a baby back there, and I know the parents are well aware of what it means to feed a baby baby food, to give a baby the milk that they need. But if you're an adult, to go back to milk is, is can you imagine that? Somebody walking around with a bottle, probably today, we probably have people like that, walking around with a bottle, drinking it in public. Like people used to walk around and in night clothes. You know, remember that trend? They used to walk around in night clothes in public. Can you imagine somebody walking around in public drinking a base? I need this. The writer is saying to these believers, time has passed. They should be teaching others. They should be mature in the faith. And he said, you need milk, not solid food. 
they their their spiritual stomachs can't handle solid food. They they their their stom- their spiritual stomachs can't handle the, the the deep teachings about Christ. And and again, milk is good if you are just starting out in the faith. The basic doctrines, the basic teachings of scripture, they are easy to digest. And, and again, they, they're they're a good. They're, it's, this is the diet for those who are who are new believers. But if 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 you've tasted, if you if you've taken in the spiritual truths, the, the basics of, of of the scripture, then you should move on to to greater things in, in, in regard to the greater truths of scripture concerning Christ. Because what does milk do? Milk make you, it, in a sense, milk prepares a baby to grow, to eat meat. That's what milk is for. The, the milk, the basic teachings of the word of God are to prepare you to, to, to mature and to be able to digest the, 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 the challenging things of scripture like the Jesus high priestly ministry uh, after the order of Melchizedek. And in order to understand those things, you have to understand the basics. You have you you have to have digested and take it in and be living off the basics to to and, and be in a position to move on to deeper things. He said, "You need milk. You you need milk." So, so not only were they spiritually lazy, not only were they spiritual infants, but they were inexperienced and in, in putting the word to work. Notice what the writer says in verse 13. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. If you're still living off the basic teachings of scripture, when trials and tribulations come, when false doctrine come, you, you're not going to you're not going to stand. Paul said in Ephesians four, chapter 14, uh, uh, chapter four, verse 14, he says, he says to them, no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of, of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. If you're still living on milk, you can be easily deceived. Jehovah's Witness can come knock on your door and say that you and them have the same view concerning Jesus Christ. And you will let them in. Or you can meet like I've met a Mormon. He come and, and, and trying to talk to me about, you know, trying to befriend me up. But I knew I know what they believe. I know what the Mormons believe. I even got a letter from a Jehovah's Witness. I'm going to write her back because she wrote me two letters so far. So I said, well, it would be appropriate for me to write her back about Christ and tell her about Christ because she wrote me. So I'm going I'm to write her back here in Enid. But, but, but if you're on milk, if you're on the basic, if, if all you know is the basics of, of Christ, then you will be you, you won't be able to to deal with those who 
desire to deceive you. He says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. This word of righteousness is the basic doctrines of, of, of scripture. These, if, if, you, if you don't learn to, to, to move on to meat, then you, you, you won't be able, you won't have enough experience to, to apply the word to your life. He says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. Can, can, again, a, a child, you, you can't take a steak no matter how good you have seasoned it, no matter how good it smells, no matter to you, if you're an adult, to you, a steak may be, it, you just, it, it's, it's right for me. But you can't take that steak and give it to a baby. You can't do that. And, and, and it shouldn't be it should be shouldn't be vice versa, where you're taking what it belongs to a baby and giving that to an adult. If, look, look what the text says in verse 14. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained. By constant practice to distinguish good. From evil. Solid food here refers to the advanced teachings of scripture. Advanced teachings, especially in, in our and in, in Hebrews, this the advanced teachings concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he said that those who are on solid food, they have their powers of discernment trained. And they won't remain unskilled in the word of righteousness. They those who are trained will gain the ability to 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 discern good from evil and this is this is in a sense the 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 the, the process of, of putting the word to work uh, putting the word to to work in our lives meaning that what god says we believe it and we apply it to our lives romans 12 and 2 says this do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that that by testing Testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable and perfect. That comes as we believe God's word. We trust in what God has said and we obey what God commands us to do. And as we do that, we learn that God's will is good. God knows that his will is good, acceptable and perfect. But you may not know that. And I say it this way. You don't know that you don't know what God knows about his word until you put it into practice. The ability to discern to discern comes from the experience of putting the word to work. So so we learn. To discern good and evil, we learn it experientially as we as we obey God's word, we believe God's word. We teach others God's word. We believe it enough to teach others. And and Christ did the same. We just read that about Christ. Didn't we? Look at verse number seven. In the days of his flesh, you remember this? Jesus offered up prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, notice, he learned obedience 
through what he suffered and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. O -o Obedience, it, it, it trains us when we, when we, as we obey, we're, we're trained in righteousness. And so as I close, beloved, these warnings in Scripture, these are, this is God's mercy to us. I mean, I used to hear warnings. I was like, oh, man, that's kind of harsh. But warnings are, they're God's, it is God's mercy to us. Because who responds to warnings? Who responds to the warnings of Scripture? Who is moved by the warnings of Scripture? True believers. True children of God. They hear, they hear the warning. It's almost like your child is messing around. You know how you have a young child and they're messing around and you get ready to leave and you say to them, I'm going to leave you if you, don't, if you don't come over here. And what happens? You make that threat to your child, they come running. Oh, you can't, my parents finna leave me, they come running. And it's the same way with Scripture. When we hear, because we're God's children, when we hear the warnings of Scripture, we don't shy, or we shouldn't shy away from it. We should allow the word, which Hebrews 4 says, is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. We should allow that word to come in and dissect us and to examine and discern our thoughts and the intents of our hearts to see whether or not we need to confess sin. That, that's the purpose of, of the warnings of scripture. God gives us the warnings to help us to persevere in the faith because spiritual immaturity, it hinders our effect, it, it, it hinders our effectiveness as believers. We won't go out and share the gospel. We, we won't go out. If somebody, if we won't, we won't be thinking about sharing the gospel. We won't think about it. If we hear somebody that, that, that is talking and they're, they're struggling. We, we won't even think about how is it that the word of God relates to the problem that they're talking about. We won't even think about those things. Because though, if, if our ears are dull, we're, in a, we're, we're ineffective for the kingdom. And Jesus said to his disciples in John 16 and 12, he said, he said, there are many things that I want to say to you. But you can't bear it. This is Jesus talking to his apostles. And, and if he said that to his apostles, beloved, the same can be true of us. That there is much that God has to say to us from his word, but we, we might be dull of hearing. Look at your life. Are there signs? Are there signs of maturity and growth in your life? Do you see your, your life different? It, it is different than it was last year? Or do you see patterns of stagnation that, that the, the excitement and the enthusiasm that you had about Christ and the word of God, you don't have that anymore? Is that true of you? These, these, these believers, they, they heard the truth that was taught to them just like you hear the truth. You hear the truth every Sunday. I hope that's, that's your stance, that you hear the truth 
from this pulpit that you hear the truth on, on Wednesday nights. You hear the truth just like these believers hear the truth. How are you responding to it? These believers heard the truth, but, but they didn't embrace it. They didn't treasure it. They, they didn't allow what they was hearing to build their faith and their hope and their joy and their peace. That there was these believers, there, there was no passion for, for God's word. There was no passionate response to God's word. And, 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 and this, should, this should disturb us if this is true of us. Jesus warned. Again, he says, Matthew 13 and 15, for this people, these, these people's heart have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their ears. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts in turn. That should shake you. That should shake you up if you have if you approach God's word and and diminish the ministry of the word in an apathetic way. Amen. Because I can't and I'm going to say this again. Because what we have here, when we come together on Sundays, when we come together on Wednesday nights, when we pray on Wednesday nights, it's all about God's word, isn't it? If it's about God's word, then you should be about God's word. We, we have God's, this is God's word to us. And we need to treat it as such. Especially if we say that this is a God-centered ministry, that this ministry that we have here is about God's word. Do you treat it that way? This is for you to examine your heart. Let us pray. Father, you said, in your word that when the heart is right, when, when, when the heart, when the soul of the heart is right, it will produce fruit. It, it will produce fruit. So if our hearts have been changed, if we have new hearts, if the stony heart has been taken out and the heart of flesh has been put into us, if we have new hearts, then our new hearts uh, is, is changed in the way that we approach God's word. A, a new heart desires God's word. A new heart needs God's word. It, it needs the truth of scripture. It needs the truth of Christ. A new heart, if it doesn't have the truth of scripture, it will faint. And so, Father, I pray that our hearts be that way. That if we are absent from, from the, the teaching and the preaching of your word, that we will feel the, the, we will feel the effects of it in our lives. We will, be, we will feel the, the, the fr frustration and the, uh, depression and, and the worry and the anxiety that is the result of not cherishing your word. It is a serious thing, just as a baby, a baby it is a serious thing 
to, to feed a baby and, and to give the baby milk. And it, it is serious to us as your children to have the milk of your word. Because we live in an evil world. We live in a world that, that hates God. We live in a world that desires to deceive and distort the, 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 the truth about God and about man and about, about Christ. And Father, what you have given us is your word. And, and I believe your people that is gathered in this place believe your word is sufficient. That, that your word is, is able to, to be understood. That, that your word is necessary. I, I believe your people in this place, they believe this about your word. And so, Father, I ask for your grace for your people. For us to be able to stand and be bold proclaimers of, of your word that we'll be able to sit down with someone like in Starbucks and they're struggling. We'll be able to sit down and open up our Bible and explain the word of God to them. Or whether we at work and somebody needs to hear your word, we'll be able to give them your word. Help us to have that kind of perspective concerning your holy word that you have given, that you have given to us. We have your very words. May we not be ashamed of it. And may we see it as necessary for our faith. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.